What do you do when you feel your kid's behavior is just out of control? I'm Ann Coleman, attorney turned parent educator and mom to a kid that struggled during his teen years. And you're listening to Speaking of Teens, a twice-weekly science-informed podcast that helps you better understand, relate to, and parent your teen. Welcome to our weekly bonus episode. If you're tuning in for the first time today, we do two episodes a week, Tuesdays being the deep dive into a single subject, and then on Fridays, we do a short take on usually things in the news that impact you or your teen. But today, I've decided to take a question from a Facebook group that I've belonged to for a long time, and it's for parents of teens. And because it was something that hit so close to home, I thought that we could go over it here today since my son is actually on his way here and will be here in about an hour after having driven for two days from Colorado. So in honor of him, I guess, here we go. This is the question. I'm going to just read it. All right. Hi, all. Single mom. Dad has never been involved and is most likely in jail. Struggling so hard right now with parenting my 14 and a half year old son. Over the past two years, he has become very mouthy, disrespectful, and occasionally aggressive. He has grabbed my arms once. I told him I would call the police if he did anything like that again, and he hasn't yet. I suspect he may have ADHD, and I know for certain he has quite a bit of anxiety. He's always refused to see a therapist and has not been diagnosed. My main issue is that I would threaten to take his phone away or turn off the internet for disrespect or not obeying me, but I know it would just set him off and he'd probably break something or punch a wall or a door, etc., or maybe even attack me. And I don't want to have to call the police. She goes on for a couple of sentences and then says, not sure what I'm asking here. Maybe what would you do in my situation? Has anyone actually called the police on their child? And what happened? So without even getting into the police issue yet, I will just say this. If the child has ADHD and anxiety, this kind of behavior is quite typical. An adolescent without those issues is highly reactive. But when you throw these on top, you have a kid that seems just out of control. However, my guess is that because this mom mentions that she'd like to take away the phone or turn off the internet because of his disrespect and failure to obey, that she has an authoritarian mindset an authoritarian way of parenting, meaning she has likely tried a more controlling parenting style with him. And when he hit puberty and needed more autonomy, she likely didn't give it to him, which has exacerbated the problem over the past two years because it sounds like they've been locked in a total power struggle. And for a kid with anxiety, the very last thing he needs is controlling, yelling, arguing. His whole body and brain are now just at the total brink. My guess is that she's been meeting his emotional dysregulation with her own emotional dysregulation in that moment, trying anything she can to stop his out-of-control behavior, like yelling and telling him to stop and telling him to calm down, lecturing, threatening him. It's almost instinctual for some of us to do that, especially since it's apparently been going on for so long and both of their nervous systems are frayed and they've just been locked in this spiral. And if not, I don't believe he would have grabbed her by the arms. 
So I would say that first, she needs to work on her own emotional awareness and regulation and do everything in her power to stay calm when he's not. Second, when he gets upset, instead of trying to stop him from being upset or correcting his behavior by telling him to calm down or stop screaming or whatever, she needs to quietly and calmly listen to whatever it is he's saying, no matter the tone of his voice, the rage he's exhibiting, the type of language he's using. If he puts his fist through walls now, that's a different thing. But let's just assume right now he's just really, really upset. She needs to be empathetic to what's going on in his brain and body. If he has ADHD and anxiety, he can't help how he's feeling and he can't help how he's acting in that moment. If he could, he would. She's going to have to help him become more aware of and regulate his emotion. So she needs to try and listen and figure out what it is that he's angry or frustrated or embarrassed or jealous about. Because outward anger can really mean that he's feeling almost any other emotion. The anger is just what you see on the outside. But inside, he could be feeling lost and alone and anxious and scared and stupid or totally clueless. And she won't know without truly trying to figure that out first, without listening and maybe asking a couple of simple questions to pull it out of him, she won't know. Now, when he finishes whatever it is he's saying in this big emotional tirade, she can step in and mirror or reflect what it is that he said. Okay, yeah, I understand. It sucks when someone makes fun of you in front of people, like in a group chat. That would be so embarrassing, and it's unkind, and I can see why you'd be angry with him. The minute you acknowledge or validate your teen's emotions, they can begin to calm down because now they know they don't have to put it all out there and convince you of how they feel. They don't have to keep going and keep pushing to show you, I am upset. Now, if they're upset with something you've done or said, you can still do pretty much the same thing. Well, you actually, you need to start out differently. Let's say you refuse to let him go to a party and he's just pissed. Well, did you let him have his say about the party and why he wanted to go before you said no? Did you listen and reflect what he was saying about the party? Um, did you say, you know, I get that you want to be with your friends and it's exciting to go all the way out there in the country for that party, but it concerns me because of X, Y, Z. And then, you know, explain that you just can't allow him to go. Or did you just say, no, you're not going. There's no way I'm letting you to go out there all the way out there by yourself or with that group of kids. And no, you're not going, period. Now, they'll be less upset about you not letting them do something if you explain the reasons and if you give them their say first. Let them tell you all about it and, and empathize with them and say, you know, I get it. I understand. I know you want to go and I know you want to do this and I, I get it. But when the bottom line has to be no, then you can use what some people call a positive sandwich. That's when you try to 
sort of compliment them or say something positive in some way about what it is that they're wanting to try to do. Then you explain that, sorry, you just can't do that. And then you top it off with another positive. So maybe something like this. And you have to get really creative sometimes here. So you could say, I understand you want to hang out with your friends. I admire that you're such a good friend to those guys and you want to be there with them. But, you know, I've told you my concerns and I have to stick to my guns on this one, babe. We can revisit the issue, though, in the fall when you've been driving longer and I feel like it's safer for you to go so far out. I love you. And you just have to let that be that. Now, if there's behavior to correct after an emotional meltdown, like throwing things, slamming things, banging bad words, even putting a fist through the wall, you can correct that after they've calmed down, which may even be the next day. You say, let me talk to you for just a minute. You know, yesterday when you were so upset, you said this or did this or put your fist through the wall, you know, that wasn't good and we can't put our fists through walls. You know, if it was something like that, you can say, you know, here's the putty and here's the knife and, you know, you're going to have to fix it. I can help you. I can show you how. Then you're going to have to fix it. You're going to have to repair it and you're going to have to paint it. And I'll guarantee you that if you approach it in that way and you're kind about it the next day, you'll get an apology. You'll get an apology right then and there. And that's when you follow it up with a hug and you move on to the next time that it happens. And it's going to take a while for them to get this because when you start changing the way you react to their meltdowns after months or a year or two years of this kind of back and forth behavior, yours and your child's, It might take some time, like several weeks maybe, to convince this kid that things are going to be different, that you're not going to be reacting to them the way you normally do. He's used to being invalidated and being met with, you know, the same dysregulation or lectured or being shut down or yelled at or whatever. And so he may think the first couple times you try it this way, that this is just a fluke and just may be confused and just keep doing what he's doing. But you have to prove to him that you've changed, that you're willing to try something different, that you want to allow him to have those feelings without being told that he's wrong or has to stop having the feelings. You just have to help him figure out what he's feeling and help him to calm down that way so that he gets used to regulating his own emotions. So the feelings are okay. What the behavior that comes along with it sometimes is what's not okay. And that's what you can explain. And eventually you'll start seeing a change. You want to stop this before it ever gets to the point where you feel like you're truly in danger and need to call the police or you feel like they're in danger and you need to call the police. It doesn't have to get that far if you pull back and you start reacting differently to them. But I'll also say if you have a kid who's acting out in this way, you do have to get them the right kind of help. If your child refuses therapy or evaluations, you get the therapist or evaluator involved and you get their help in how to handle that with your child. And they will help you figure out how to get them in there. When kids are this dysregulated and out of control, they could be putting themselves in danger. And the longer they go in this state, the harder it's going to be to get them back to a good place. 
And in the meantime, you have to change your own behavior to help them change theirs. You might want to go back and listen to a couple of other episodes that we've done. Um, Episode six on taming teen emotions. Uh, Episode seven, I know my teen needs help. Episode eight, your emotional skills directly impact your child's um, mental health. I don't know that those are the correct titles, but that's what I've got here listed. And then I also did an episode on ADHD, um, episode 13, and episode 19 was on anxiety. So that's it for Speaking of Teens today. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate it. And I really do hope you got something out of today's episode. And if this doesn't pertain to you, maybe it will help a friend. And if that's the case, then forward it to them, share it with them, and um, I'm sure they will appreciate it. Also, come on in and join us in the Speaking of Teens Facebook group for free parenting support. There's a link right there where you're listening. Scroll all the way down to the bottom. Speaking of Teens is sponsored by Neurogility.com, N-E-U-R-O-G-I-L-I-T-Y.com, where I help moms build stronger relationships and decrease conflict with their teens. Our producer and editor is Steve Coleman, researched, written, and hosted by me, Ann Coleman. See you next time.